Do I smell a little Decision Week drama as the Zadavian Sims announcement gets closer and closer coming up on Saturday at 345? I say that because it looks like Steve Wiltfong of 24-7 Sports about an hour ago put in a crystal ball for Zadavian Sims not to Oklahoma, not to Michigan State, but to the University of Oregon. Parker Thune, is the panic starting to set in? The Zadavian Sims is now being crystal balled and forecasted to Oregon. That's where the late movement is at. I am not panicking, Tyler. I, I understand if there are those who are. And look, Steve is the best in the game, so you see a prediction like that. But Obvi- obviously it's gonna it's gonna mean something. That but. is not insignificant. But <laughs> Yeah, there it is. There it is. I I'm not on the same page as Steve right now with the Zadavian Sims recruitment. And look, I I will acknowledge no one in this business is is infallible. So is it possible that I've got it wrong right now and that Zadavian Sims is gonna be a duck? Sure. I will certainly acknowledge that. However, I will go back to what I have said time and again about Zadavian Sims in that situation. I find it exceedingly difficult to believe he's going to go that far from home or very far from home at all. So, on the Sims front, let's just let's say for the sake of the hypothetical. Let's say he commits to Oregon okay. on Saturday. Saturday at 3:45 on uh, CBS HQ. Let's say it. that decision goes in favor of Oregon. That will still not change my opinion as to where Zadavian Sims ends up signing. Yeah. Ooh, but, uh, you know, it's interesting. On 24-7, all the crystal balls right now. Now, you guys just moved from 24-7, so the previous crystal balls that we're in have moved to um, have moved to rivals, essentially. But there's not one single crystal ball for Zadavian Sims to Oklahoma. Again, you got to realize that the, the shift that just happened with your website and everything a couple of weeks ago. But even on um, some of the other websites, it looks like uh, Oregon's getting the most of the predictions right now. They, they got a, a couple more in the previous two days. The, the sense that I get is that people who really cover OU football recruiting seem confident about Zadavian Sims today and have felt confident this week that he's going to pick OU on Saturday. The Oregon side, the same thing can be said about them. It, it, it feels like, you know, depending on who you cover, if you cover the OU side, you feel good about OU, but if you cover the Oregon side, you might feel good about Oregon. That's that's kind of the feel that I get. Both sides think that they're they're the uh, they're the leader right now. Going well, and into Saturday. it's two sides of the coin, right? Do you trust the people close to the OU program specifically because they're more plugged in to the OUN and would know if Zadavian Sims had told the OU staff, "Yeah, I'm coming." Or do you trust the national guy because he's probably not going to have as much bias, whether conscious or unconscious, when it comes to reporting on Zadavian Sims recruitment? I'm not saying there's a right way or a wrong way. I'm just saying that the source wars are an interesting thing to follow and yes. an even more interesting thing to be hey, wrapped up in, Tyler. This will be a fascinating decision to watch coming up on. It was always going to be a fascinating decision to watch. Now you... There, there's some real suspense going into uh, Saturday now with the source wars going on. By the way, uh, Wilt Fong has that prediction at a 6, so he's not putting it at an 8 or 9 or a 10 on the confidence scale. He's putting it at a 6, but the decision is uh, is in for Oregon right now. And can I just say, if Zadavian Sims picks, picks Oregon, do you know who I'm going to blame? 
I'm not going to blame Todd Bates, and I'm not going to blame Oregon dropping back. I'm going to I'm gonna blame recruiting Doomer 1 on the Texas. Oh, line. that's you right. To blame. I've been telling you this this week. All this, sudden, all this positivity from recruiting Doomer 1 on the text line, it didn't make me feel good. I didn't like it. I was nervous yesterday, and now look what you've done potentially recruiting Doomer 1. Please, going back, please go back to being a Doomer and not so positive about things. Things were going much better when that was the case. From the 4.30, you said this about Flowers as well, right? And I think that's in reference to my comment that if Sims picks Oregon, it doesn't change my opinion as to where he ends up signing. Well, unless, of course, Oklahoma were to fill up. That's, that's a possibility, too. But, uh, I, yes, I did say that about Aaron Flowers in reference to a potential commitment to USC. Now, after it became clear that Oregon was the lead dog to get a pledge from Flowers, uh I kind of changed the tune on that because naturally you have to. It's tougher to flip a guy from Oregon than it is to flip a guy from USC just because of the factors involved there. However, the Aaron Flowers situation and the Davian Sims situation have their unique aspects such that I would be a lot more confident in Oklahoma flipping Zadavian Sims from Oregon than I am in Oklahoma flipping Aaron Flowers from Oregon. Although the Sooners have by no means cut off contact with Aaron Flowers and are putting in the work to try and flip him for Morgan. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, hit us up, 405-651-3439. From the 405, I am at C4 often, and C4 is where a lot of the elite prospects in that Durant area you know, work out and they train, and Zadavian Sims is one of those. I'm at C4 often. Mom wants uh, him at OU. That's from Old Sooner. And I think that you've been pretty consistent with that throughout, is your big hang-up with Oregon is – the distance that it is away from home. And that was an obvious advantage that OU was always going to have. And obviously that's not going to change. It's not going to change. We'll just see what the decision is uh, coming up this weekend. But there's some there, – there's more I, – I don't know if there's more intrigue now than there's ever been, but I don't, maybe you could, you could probably make that argument since, since it is decision week. One thing is very clear, regardless of what you believe as to which way this thing swings on Saturday, Tyler, one thing is universally apparent – and that is that the kid has done a good job of making sure that nobody knows where he's going all, all, until he puts that All on. of this just to put on the Vanderbilt hat on Saturday, huh? Oh, my god! Put on the old Vandy hat. I'm telling you, I've never seen Vanderbilt apparel uh, with my own eyes. So I, he's, he might have to make his own Vanderbilt hat. I'm, 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 uh, I'm convinced they do, they do not exist outside of Omaha, Nebraska when they're in the College World Series. So... I don't know what he's going to put on if he picks Vanderbilt, but he's going to have to make it himself. From a listener in the 405, Parker is so confident on Wesco, and OU isn't even getting an OV. Okay, well, first off, I'm not just confident on Wesco. The Switzer Center is confident on Bryant Wesco. And also, I, I should append your statement. OU isn't getting an OV yet from Bryant Wesco. Because keep in mind, after July 1st, Kids can take as many official visits as they want. True. And he's been up here several times already, correct? No, I know that none of those were an OV, but it's not like he is delaying his decision to see OU for the first time. What has he been up here? Probably a handful of times on his own up to this point? Uh, More than that. Yeah. He's been up here. And that's why I I was talking to a very well-placed source on the matter earlier this week, and here's what I will say on the Bryant-Wesco situation because that was when word kind of started to get out that Wesco was going to take five OVs in June and OU wasn't going to be one of them. And 
in talking to this source, what I was told was, this is a direct quote. He's here damn near every weekend. <laughs> so that's, that's normally a pretty good sign. Normally uh-huh. a pretty good sign. Uh, from the 405, are we allergic to closing on top-notch defenders who play with their hand in the dirt? Let's not freak out just yet, okay? We might allow some panic and some freak out on Monday if the uh, selection is indeed Oregon. But for now, we're just evaluating the predictions and reacting accordingly. Is, All right? Do you think it's time to whip out the ace in the hole? Um, I mean, we'll see how these next two segments go, but the final segment could be uh, positivity hour, positivity segment. No, I wasn't talking about positivity hour. I was talking about having Ronnie Crimson tweet. Oh, yeah, yeah, seriously. Well, Zane on the text line says he's taking care of that. No worries. I've communicated many, many times to Zadavian on Twitter my desire for him to go to OU. Then he throws in a boomer. Which I appreciated him spelling it the way that I always say it when people put that on. So that's good. Eli Boeing going to Texas on the big barbecue weekend. That's from Sam and Edmund. Yeah, I guess some people are, golly, we got all these recruiting worries today. Zadavian Sims being crystal balled elsewhere. What's the deal? Eli Bowen not even going to be here for the champion barbecue. He's going to be being, he's at Texas. And guess what? Man. If Eli Bowen's at Texas for the champion barbecue, I promise you what I just said about Bryant Wesco will be the exact frame of mind and the exact approach that OU has in dealing with the Eli Bowen recruitment. Because as as much in as much as it is true that Bryant Wesco is in Norman damn near every weekend, Eli Bowen is in Norman damn near every weekend too. Yeah, just it's it's all right. Um, it's it's okay. They'll they'll take other visits here. Uh, Switzer Center was also confident in David Hicks, Aaron Flowers, Peyton Pierce, etc. So, I I would say the panic scale on the text line is about a six right now. I'm hoping that we don't get to a nine or a ten. Uh, but again, I, th- th- this does not mean that Zadavian Sims is absolutely going to pick Oregon. But it is um, it is interesting that some uh, some predictions are going up for Zadavian Sims to uh, pick Oregon. On Saturday, six foot three, two hundred and seventy-five pound defensive lineman out of Durant, who's rated as a four-star by just about everyone. By the right way, now. that same listener that said, "Are we allergic to closing on top-notch defenders who play with their hand in the dirt?" followed up and said, "Save me the PJ rebuttal. Dude was a three-star when he committed." LMAO. So five stars only count, Tyler. If they're already five stars when they commit. It's like wins. They don't count uh, the ranking at the end of the year. It's what they were ranked when you actually beat them. They could have been a crap team at the time, but if they end up being a top 15 team, it's still not a great Hey, by that logic, Texas was a marquee win for OU in 2021. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. You do have an elite in-state prospect uh, visiting on Friday. Does it really matter all that much in the recruitment? We'll tell you about that coming up next. We'll give you additional info on Lane Jenkins, the JUCO ad from yesterday, and a whole lot more going on with OU football recruiting. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Suter fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans. Ref Army, I see you. I see you live on the app map right now, listening via the free KREF app in the app store. Odessa, Texas is tuned in today. Las Vegas is tuned in. Kalispell, Montana. Garden oh, hello. Grove. Yeah, I know. Not bad. Kalispell. That's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Not too far from the Canadian border. Garden Grove, California. Hot Springs, Arkansas. Baltimore, Maryland. And for our small town of the day, even though it's not a small town, 
Do we need to throw in uh, Durant, Oklahoma for the remainder of the week? Durant! To create all the good vibes going into the weekend for uh, Zadavian Sims' announcement? I guess so. Okay. Might as well. Small town of the day, Durant, Oklahoma. Well, how about about this? Let's let's not give it to Durant. Let's give it to the reason that Zadavian Sims is up at Durant High School, which is... C4, yeah, which is technically located in Mead, Oklahoma. Mead, Oklahoma, so small Mead, town, Oklahoma. Small town of the day. Shout out to Sean mm-hmm. Cooper and the C4 crew. Today, tomorrow, and Friday, uh, small town of the day, Mead, Oklahoma. All right, anything additional on the JUCO ad from yesterday, Lane, uh, Lane Jenkins out of uh, Butler Community College? Sounds like Georgia was maybe trying to get in yeah. on this one, Lates. Yeah, you know, it's a, he's a guy that hasn't produced a whole lot at the collegiate level. I think he only had eight tackles and a sack and a half at Butler County this past fall. So he was dealing with injuries, wasn't a hundred percent to my understanding, but what you're counting on is upside and you're counting on the ceiling and a guy at six foot six, 255 pounds, being able to get him in the weight room and put some muscle on him and, refine the technique and trust that his existing physical tools are going to be enough to make him a contributor at the p5 level yeah i mean and i heard you say this with steely earlier and i agree like the georgia offer for a defensive player especially defensive lineman now is like the 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 most ringing endorsement of a player well i mean if georgia offered him on the defensive line like i wasn't sure about him before why the heck are we taking a juco guy that didn't produce much in just one year oh but george is doing it okay but i mean there, there is actually is a lot of truth to that like and and it is showing that there's been some there's been some good evals by the staff um going back to a couple years now so i was cool with the ad i don't expect lane jenkins to be a massive contributor this year but could he be a big contributor in a couple of years yeah obviously they see some real upside there with that size there's definitely size there if georgia was trying to get in on this one then yeah, that normally tells us that that's a uh, that, that's that's a nice ad. It's a nice. And ad. you know what you can say these days in college football, and it rings true as harsh as it may sound. If it turns out that he sucks, you just process him in a year or two. Yeah, I, it's it's a dog eat dog world at the high end of Power Five college football. And so if you can't hang, you'll get pushed to the portal. It's a low risk take, is what it is. Yeah, low low risk, kind of high reward. If it works out, then you have. A pass rusher with incredible size, you know, that you got out of JUCO, which was really good get. And like you're saying, you're not counting on him immediately this year. OU's got bodies at defensive end and edge. And if it doesn't work out, then he'll never see the field and you'll you'll process him. That's so I, I think it's very low risk. Uh, okay, Danny Okoye visiting on Friday. And he, has, he hasn't shown much interest to OU really throughout his recruiting process. Now, this may not change much in the grand scheme of things. I guess the question is, after you know all this time and the limited amount of interest that he's shown OU, why now? Why, why Friday is one of the top two players in the state, Danny Okoye, taking a visit to OU? Why is it happening now? That's a great question, Tyler. I don't know that I have a great answer to that question, if I'm being completely honest. I don't know why Danny Okoye is just now getting around to visiting Oklahoma, but I and I mentioned it at the top of the 12 o'clock hour when we had this initial discussion. I am personally not counting on anything substantial coming of this visit. 
If Danny Okoye has an epiphany and decides he wants to OV with Oklahoma and wants to be a Sooner, then great. But if not, man, Miguel Chavis already has seven, eight edges in this class that he's in really good shape with. Between Will Nguyenary and Nigel Smith and Jay Sean Ross and Wyatt Gilmore and Logan Thomas and Zena Mosalu and the list goes on, right? So Danny Okoye is quite understandably – not a guy that Oklahoma is going to feel a need to prioritize this late in the process as we get close to the first round of OVs coming up. But he's also an in-state kid and an in-state blue chip at that. And so if he wants to come, if he's beating down the door saying, I, I don't know what my deal was before, but I see an opportunity for myself at Oklahoma and I want to be a Sooner, then – you know what? It's another flag that you can raise high in the 918. Sure. It'd be an incredible change of heart, though, wouldn't it? Because it really would. Like, he's, he's the least talked about blue chip player in the state of Oklahoma for us on this show since we started doing this show. I mean, we've talked about so many other players in this class more than we've talked about Danny Okoye, players that aren't as good as Danny Okoye because there's been no real reason for us to talk about him because of the lack of interest that he's shown Oklahoma has felt all the, you know, the entire time that he was just going to go out of state. That's just what he wants to do. And that, that's my question. And, and I, yeah, I, I asked the question knowing it's a difficult answer, but, okay, well, if that's been your vibe this whole time, why now? Why, why, why Friday are you going to take the visit? I'm not mad about it. Like, of course you, you want that visit to happen. Of course OU wants that visit to happen. And we'll see if it can turn into something. I'm just I'm just surprised is, is it, all. Now, in the unlikely event that Danny Okoye does end up in Oklahoma's 2024 class, that will be a very memorable recruitment, Tyler, because what will we remember of Danny Okoye? Absolutely shutting down any notion that he and Oklahoma were a thing because <laughs> they weren't for close to an entire year, and then boom, all of a sudden – having to resurrect the discourse in May heading into his senior year because something, Lord knows what, sparked his interest in Oklahoma out of nowhere. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, Santa John says, Parker, will you be in Durant for the Sims announcement? Will any coaches, reporters from Oregon be there too? Is it in Durant or is it in Meade, Oklahoma, who just got small town of the day? I believe it's in Meade, It's in Meade at the C4 play? Okay. Yeah. I believe that's Yeah, Santa at. John, it's in Meade, not Durant. Come on. But, yeah, you're going to be down there on Saturday, correct? I will be there. Or is the Wilt Fallen Crystal Ball I, scaring you away? I, I will I will be there regardless. I can't imagine any reporters from Oregon will be there. And I don't believe that coaches are permitted to attend, at least not FBS coaches. So, uh, no, to answer your question, Santa John – to my knowledge, there will be no one affiliated with Oregon present. Kendall, good thing there aren't any five-star defensive linemen from Owasso. They wouldn't get offered by OU until the final hour. Yeah. 903, I will fill in for recruiting, Doomer. We aren't getting Sims. He gone. We haven't heard from recruiting Doomer 1 today, and I don't really know what's going on. Maybe the crystal ball from uh, Wilt Fong scared him away today from the radio show, but that's who I'm blaming if he picks Oregon on Saturday. I am on record. I will be blaming you, Recruiting Doomer 1, with all the positivity that you were showing this week. Mm. Someone else is saying if uh, if OU loses out on Sims, 
you boys should uh, take a sick day on Monday. Recruiting Doomer 1 is going to unleash every Karen in our fan base on you. The text line may burn down. K-Dub and Tulsa. Hey, the madness is fine. I, I will uh, I will be here on Monday, regardless of what the selection is. It will be a heavy text day on Monday, though, regardless of the outcome. Oh, oh boy, Brian in Tulsa is trying to... <laughs> he wants all the smoke from Kendall. He said, I keep on forgetting Owasso has a football program. Man. How about that? Ooh. Sam and Edmund says maybe Doomer 1 is Wilt Could Fong. be. I didn't think about that. Could be. Which is kind of weird that it was positivity the first two days of the week, and now the organ is the uh, selection here, apparently. Oh, boy. Somebody else in 918 said, hey, Kendall, if there were five-star linemen in Owasso, their folks would move <laughs> to Bixby. Yeah. That is a very timely joke. I mean, I, I know that uh, Kiwan Jones' son didn't move away from uh, Owasso, but we, we had a recent move in the uh, 918 from school to school. They're popular up in the night. There's a lot of high school portal activity up there. Kiwan's been taking a lot of photos from Jinx the uh, past few days. I don't know if you've noticed. I have not. He uh, he and his son were just kind of hanging out in the stands yesterday. It looked like, it looked like Kiwan was kind of... Thinking back on the good old times at uh, Jinx High School. So, yeah, he uh, is seemingly enjoying the process. Hey, by the way, um, I've been having fun on uh, the Rivals uh, football recruiting page just because they go back further yeah. with, like, state rankings than on three or 24-7 sports. So I went back to all the way to 2003. That's, that's the furthest back that they'll go for State of Oklahoma rankings. So would you like to take a guess as to how many times – Oklahoma State has signed the best player in the state of Oklahoma in the previous 21 recruiting cycles. Would you like to offer a guess? There has to be one, right? It's mm -hmm. got to be one. That's the answer, one. So I, one could technically be an answer. It's actually two. Oh, okay. In 2021, they got Kendall Daniels. Um, remember Kendall Daniels? And, well, no, because like he initially signed with Texas A&M. So can you count him? I well, maybe not. If you if you don't want to count him, then that's fine. The other one that was listed on here was Tremonda Moore. Didn't he end up at OU? He ended up at OU. Okay, yeah. So that's the one that was never did, made it to Oklahoma State. I don't think. Didn't he go to Independence where the the last chance you yes. guy was there, and he was on that team in the final season before. He got fired maybe towards the end of the year. So, yeah, only twice in 21 classes. I don't really know how surprising that is. <laughs> and they those... signed the rivals, number one player in Oklahoma. <laughs> and those two are a guy that ended up at OU anyway and a guy that initially signed with A&M, went through spring ball, and then requested a release from his NLI. Mm -hmm. But if OU doesn't get Zadavian Sims in this cycle, the last – uh, number one player in the state of Oklahoma, according to rivals, that OU would have received a uh, a, a, a a commit, not a commit, a signee from, would be Andrew Rain back in 2020. Zadavian Sims is a top player in the state this year. By Job was last year. Chris McClellan was in 2022. Kendall Daniels was in 2021. Now, OU's had a pretty good run on the top player in the state, 12 out of the previous 21 classes, but if they miss on Sims... Andrew Rain will be the last top player in the state that they got in the class, which is kind of interesting. Sheesh. Man, and talent, I was my, – my, Four consecutive classes they've missed on that, on that player. My mind immediately went to Talon Shetron when he asked about the conversation – or the question of uh, which top players from in-state Oklahoma State had signed, but I, for, I briefly forgot. No, Gentry Williams was actually ranked higher than he was. So, Talon's a really good player, though. Yeah, he That's, is. 
Uh, the top players from the state since 03 that OU has, uh, has received in the class. Andrew Rame, Bray Walker, Justin Broyles, Stephen Parker, DJ Ward, Sterling Shepard, Gabe Lynn, Jameel Owens, Austin Box, Gerald McCoy, Curtis Lofton, DJ Wolf. How about that uh, four-year? How about this, Parker, from 04 to 07? They got DJ Wolf out of the state. They got Curtis Lofton out of the state. They got Gerald McCoy out of the state, and they got Austin Box out of the state. That was a that was a good four year run of the top player in the state of Oklahoma. OU got him, and I think all I mean, all four of those ended up having pretty good careers. Some had All American careers. Some had All Big Twelve careers. I think all four of them had uh, really good careers, though. Who nice finished? Run. Who finished as the number one overall player in the state of Oklahoma last year? Was it by Job? Uh, yeah, by Job did. Okay, yeah. Well, as far as I'm concerned, the top player in the state last year was Jacoby Johnson. I I don't make the rankings, though. But I think we're starting to see a trend once again where – and I feel like this has been the case, maybe not as conspicuously over the last few years as when you think back to the days of guys like Curtis Lofton and Gerald McCoy. But I think we're on the precipice of entering an age in which the state of Oklahoma is once again going to be – very, very good to the Sooners. Well, 2025, let's hope that's the case, with seven of the top 300 players uh, are currently in the state of Oklahoma. 2025 is deep. And, yeah, you're hoping that that class specifically uh, is, is really good to, to OU. All right, uh, text line, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Still a lot of OU football recruiting to get to, and we'll look around at the transfer portal across the country Houston had a pretty tough loss today. We'll tell you what happened there and a whole lot more. Coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref, where the homeless Sooner fans Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. Tyler. Yes. Inside Texas bomb. You ready for this one? Yeah. I guarantee you're not ready for this one. Contained in an update on one Eli Bowen. The, and I'm using air quotes here, insiders of Inside Texas, which include such luminaries as the chieftain of the mice, Ian Ian Boyd, have written the following. Even with his brother, Peyton Bowen at Oklahoma, we don't get the sense the Sooners are in the picture. In the picture. So there you go, folks. Whoa, I thought you I thought you were gonna say, okay, that Texas feels like they're the leader right now, which whatever, okay. Not even in the picture. Wow. Oh, okay. Interesting. Did they give a reasoning as to why OU's not even in the picture right now? Just, they did not. Okay. Said even with Peyton at Oklahoma, they don't get the sense Oklahoma's in the picture. Is that, so, is that fact or crap? I'm, uh, I would listen, lean towards the crap side. I, I'm sorry to be the one to relay this information to you folks, but Oklahoma is not only not the leader for Eli Bowen, but in fact they are not even in the picture. So hmm. back you, to the drawing board at cornerback. Uh, do yourself a favor some for some future likes and retweets. Go ahead and take a screenshot of that, oh, yeah. will you? <laughs> You know I already did. Uh, because not even in the picture. I mean, hmm. you could do a victory lap if he just announces with OU uh, with the hat on the table, regardless if he even picks him or not. Not even in the picture. That's 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 fascinating. All right, uh, Michigan State wide receiver, or should I say former Michigan State wide receiver Keon Coleman, 
is going to announce his commitment in about 50 minutes, coming up at 3.30. Florida State and Ole Miss, arguably the best player that Michigan State had last year. This is a big deal. This is... I don't think it changes the course of the ACC or SEC or anything like that, but Johnny Wilson is the number one wide receiver at Florida State. He will be the number one wide receiver at Florida State. Keon Coleman, though, might be a solid number two for FSU, who's trying to break through and get to a college football playoff. It'd be a big get for FSU. That would be a big get for FSU, and if they got Keon Coleman, that would probably tip the scales for me, and I would say that's your front runner to win the ACC. You're Clemson now, right now, I'm but Clemson, if Keon Coleman Cle- goes there? Yeah, I've been back and forth between Clemson and Florida State, and I, I think in my mind you have to give Clemson the edge because of the fact that they've been there before and you throw Garrett Riley into the Mule mix. Mule Shoe Jr. is the OC. Yeah, little Mule Shoe. Obviously Clemson's going to have it cooking again, especially now that DJ is out of the picture, and you don't even have to worry about that. whatever the hell that was last year with – Dabo insistent upon trotting DJ back out there week after week. So to this point, I've given the edge to Clemson, but Florida State has been really, really close. And with as good of a football player as Keon Coleman is, man, I think that's enough to tip the scales because they got Jared Verse back, which was enormous. It is not often you're going to see a guy that probably would have gone top 15 in the NFL draft these days come back for an additional season, but that's what he did. You mentioned Johnny Wilson. Jordan Travis comes back to play quarterback. They got virtually I, just about the whole team back. That's from what last I'm saying, year. man. Like, I I've been hesitant to buy Florida State stock, but I think bringing in a guy like Keon Coleman that certainly makes me feel better about the Seminoles. Colorado gets a big addition at running back. Golly, they need players right now. Alton McCaskill. Now he entered in the portal about three weeks ago, and immediately the thought was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. he's going to go to Colorado. That's going to happen. Well, I guess he finally picked Colorado, what, last night? Dana Holgerson was a little bit surprised that Alton McCaskill even entered into the portal because he figured to be maybe the number one running back for Houston this year. So this was expected, but this is a big loss for UH and a big gain for for Colorado. They need need bodies. They need playmakers on offense. Uh, I I guess playmaker-wise, maybe that's a spot that they're okay. But they they probably needed a feature back, and we'll see if Alton McCaskill's just out. But that's a big loss for Houston. Yeah, Colorado's backfield has some intriguing pieces. Now, I mean, (laughs) remember Dylan Edwards? Yep. Dylan Edwards has the chance to be a fun player out there in the Pac-12 this year. But Alton McCaskill certainly gives you a proven, established option in the backfield, assuming you can create the holes for him. I I had to do a double take this morning when I say, whoa, 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 Okoye? Okoye uh, committed to Tennessee? Wrong Okoye. Uh Danny Okoye is who we were talking about. You're not the first. Emmanuel Okoye, not exactly just down the street from the state of Oklahoma. He uh, commits from the NFL Academy in England. Six foot five, 230 pound edge. Uh, picks Tennessee over Texas Tech and USC. So that's one of the bigger commits that we've seen in the uh, past 48 hours. OU fans going crazy over Sammy Brown, cleaning 405 pounds on the internets. Uh, OU trying to find their way into the uh, lead in that recruitment, but it's going to be going to be very difficult. Yeah, there. it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. That dude's a freak, though. Kenneth Meyer Chevrolet text line. Ooh, recruiting Denver 1's finally here. Hey, okay, I'll get to that in a second. First, this man. one. Uh, didn't Peyton say that Eli was interested in Oregon when he was talking about his flip-flopping at the end? Now, that's not Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. They're talking about Peyton Bowen and Eli Bowen. Didn't Peyton say that Eli was interested in Oregon when he was talking about his flip-flopping at the end? Did, did he say that about Eli? He did Maybe. say that. 
the question becomes whether you buy that or not. Because I look, I I know a lot of folks down there around Denton Geyer. And the message and the narrative surrounding the Bowen brothers has always been the exact same with regard to Oklahoma. It was, well, it's going to be a lot harder to get Peyton to Norman than it will be to get Eli to Norman. And furthermore, even if Peyton wouldn't have ended up at Oklahoma, there's a pretty good chance Eli would have gone to OU anyway. So I'm not worried about that one. I'm highly unworried about that one. Recruiting Doomer 1 says, <laughs> Wow, so we're back in on the kid from Danny Okoye? Well, Recruiting Doomer 1, it sounds like you just enjoy, uh, just uh, tuned into the program. Uh, it, OU is getting a visit this week, getting a visit on Friday. But are they back in? I don't know if they were ever truly in on Danny Okoye. But this is their best opportunity to do so coming up this weekend. This is one of those where, okay, well, you, you see how the visit goes. And you evaluate things uh, after after the visit happens. That's that's kind of how you go about things. Maybe the visit, you know, may, makes him more interested. Maybe he thinks a little bit harder about Oklahoma. But this is one you're going to have to really evaluate uh, after the visit, and maybe a few days after it as well. Yeah. Again, keep the expectations minimal right now. If you see Danny Okoye loop back for an official visit, that's kind of how you know that this thing is for real, for real. Until then, it's just kind of a fun storyline. Oh, the kid who was probably never going to visit Oklahoma is actually visiting Oklahoma. That's cool. That's interesting. Ronnie Crimson says, all the people saying Zadavian Sims is gone are trying to cope with reverse psychology. And you know what, Ronnie? It's not a bad way to approach today with uh, Steve Wiltfong putting in a crystal ball for Zadavian Sims to Oregon. The reverse psychology type of things, maybe I, I should adopt that as well. But it's not... It's not necessarily a terrible way to go about things. Doc on the text line says, So, Parker, is there a timeline for the dunking on Inside Texas, a.k.a. Eli Bowen's commitment? Uh, no, there is not right now. I know Eli Bowen has a few OVs he wants to take, so I'd, I'd guess July in all likelihood. If I had to pick a month that you see Eli Bowen commit, I would go with probably the most popular month of the cycle as far as commits for OU and say July. Uh, by the way, former Sooner Corey Roberson ends up at Arizona State. Yeah. So one of the few players to end up at a P5 school. But uh, Corey, Ro Corey Roberson, he's going to play for uh, Kenny Dillingham and that new staff out there in Tempe. Hmm. Fun place to go to school, Corey. Nice selection. That's not, not a bad place Conspiracy to be. Conspiracy theory. The only reason Jordan Tyson showed up to Norman was to recruit Corey Roberson with him to Tempe. Ooh, that's, uh, that's an Inside Texas front page story if I've ever heard of it before. <laughs> Hey, by the way, uh, you've got an Athlon magazine right in front of you. I do. I, I would love, dude. I am such a sucker and a dork for the anonymous uh, coaches on each team. <laughs> if you don't mind, on the other side, can we hear the quote from the anonymous Big Twelve coach on Oklahoma? Because I think it is quite fascinating. Oh, sure. Do you want to hear a quote from an anonymous coach on Texas as well? Yes, just please. For, for uh -huh. the sake of comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Great. Okay, that's, both of those. That's the closing. Segment. By the way, is is Athlon the is that the premier preseason magazine? I feel like they emphasize on being the first preseason magazine to be released, but they don't necessarily have all the rosters updated exactly. by the time it comes out. Is Athlon number one or is it Fail Steel? That's the number one. Athlon has a better presentation as a magazine. Phil uh, Phil Steel is more the uh, 
you know, the the nerdy college football fan, like that's that's their uh, that's their college football bible, essentially. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't read college football preview magazines. I only have this Athlon one because I won the bet with Doug. But uh, yeah, let's let's hit a break because I'm eager to come back right. to those two blurbs from anonymous Big Twelve what coaches. Do anonymous Big Twelve coaches have to say about Oklahoma and Texas? I guess Athlon will tell us next, right here on the ref. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans. I know you've been waiting patiently through the break. Oh, have I? Just can't wait to hear what an anonymous Big 12 coach has to say about OU going into this year. Which one do you want first? Do you want the OU skinny or the Texas skinny? I'll take OU first, please. Okay. Might have Sounds a lot good. to say here. I, I was anticipating that you were going to say Texas, so let me leaf through. Let me leaf back through and get to the OU page. Okay, here we are. From an anonymous Big 12 assistant coach Joey on Oklahoma. Probably the best way to explain last season is that they've got a head coach who hasn't made all the hard decisions yet. They're caught between eras, what they were, and also what was slipping with Lincoln, and what they want to be heading into the SEC next year. I'm not sure Brent understood the landscape of recruiting for OU coming from Clemson for so long and being able to win on guys easier. Norman, you have to work there. It's not easy. With Dylan Gabriel coming back, they're going to be one year better on offense, but they're the least talented on defense that they've been in years. We're curious what Brent changes up on in his schemes to account for the deficiencies. You can't run some of that Clemson stuff with what they've got in the front seven. You could tell in warm-ups it wasn't the same OU defense, and that's crazy because of how OU looked getting off the bus. So some of that is fair. Some of that. Now, if you read me that quote and I paid no attention to recruiting, like that quote would lead me to believe, Parker, that, geez, this staff has done a god-awful job of recruiting thus far because Brent doesn't understand how hard it is to recruit to Oklahoma. Well, one, he was here for several years. I think that he understands the dynamics of OU football recruiting. And two, the recruiting has significantly improved ratings-wise, Defensive wise, so that that I guess that confuses me uh, quite a bit. That, yes, that part of the statement. It's patently confusing. Tyler, are you ready for the Texas blur? Yes, please. Here we go. By contrast, here's what an anonymous Big Twelve assistant coach had to say about Texas. Quote: They could get scary good if Quinn Ewers plays the way he's capable of. They're really close to connecting it all on offense and playing up to that standard of a Steve Sarkeesian team. Losing B. John Robinson is a serious blow, no doubt, but this is the kind of scheme and the kind of roster where you just adjust to the other talent. You don't try to fill a hole. There's so much talent there at tight end and receiver that they're going to burn some teams. The defense is going to take a step up because they've been doing SEC-level work on that line. The staff has really, really changed that culture. Bo Davis and those guys didn't screw around, and they've been weeding out the typical Texas entitlement we're all used to seeing. Those boys can hit now. They could actually back it all up this season. We'll see. I know he was retired, but that's very nice of Irvin Meyer to give a free quote to uh, (laughs) Athlon Sports. That's very, very kind of him. Very impressed by you, Irvin. Huh, that's that I mean you talk about two drastically different quotes. No joke. On the two teams. Like there's uh there's like this perception nationally that OU and Texas are miles away from each other going into this year. The two programs, the two teams, they are not on the same level. Texas is by far and away 
they are just in a different place than OU is right now. And those two quotes kind of back up what seemingly the thought is nationally. I don't believe that that's the case. I don't think that OU and Texas are worlds apart. I mean, OU had its worst season since 1998, and they still only won two less games than Texas did last year. But those those two quotes are drastically different. Oh, the Man. comment about playing up to the standard of a Steve Sarkeesian football team sent me, and I'm glad I'm not the only one. A 580 listener on the text line said, isn't the standard of a Steve Sarkeesian team 500 football? Yeah, I mean, yeah, by the records, pretty much. Pretty much. A couple of you are saying that right now. Uh, so Kevin says, the standard of a Steve Sarkeesian team, so five losses, LOL. Yeah. They were 8-5 and five last year, so yes, exactly. That's what the standard is. Imagine, odd, imagine saying and believing that an 8-5 and five football team that lost the best running back in all of college football and his backup who was also an NFL draft pick, has the most talented roster in college football. It's annoying, and I know it's not the first time that we've seen this or that even Texas has seen this, but I just I just don't think all this unrealistic hype is great for them this offseason, man. Like 8-5, and five and there's a feeling there that they've made it. They've arrived. They've weeded out all of the... All of this right here uh-huh. is exactly what we're talking about with all the Texas entitlement, winning just eight games and acting like they've arrived now. I, I don't, like, I, if I'm Sark, I'm hating all of this uh, talk offseason. What year is it, Ian Boyd? What year is it? Uh, Gunny says uh, Sark's standard is sub-10 win seasons. Well, I think that they're going to hit the standard again this year. I don't, I don't think that they're rolling off an 11-1 and or a 10-2. and I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Man, I, I knew the two quotes would be different. I didn't think the two quotes could actually be that different than what we heard on both OU and Texas. To close out that's the show. amazing. From a listener in the 405. Five losses and a fifth of whiskey, the standard. Well, I don't know how you close it out any better than that right there. The Rush coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref.